G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie interviews the inspiring author and speaker, Joni Erickson Tata. I wake up in the morning thinking, God, I hate quadriplegia. I cannot do quadriplegia today, but Jesus, you can. And it is the perfect example of dying to self so that God's power can live through me. That's the Christian way to wake up. And I really need them. Yes, I really do. We all do. We don't draw much inspiration from those who've always had everything they needed and always accomplished everything that they intended. No, inspiration comes from perseverance through the unthinkable challenges. And today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie interviews a woman who serves up that inspiration and serves as an example for us to follow. A quadriplegic from the age 16, she writes books, she sings, she hosts radio programs, she paints, and she points us to Jesus. Johnny Erickson Tata. She's really a national treasure and her life and her ministry. Yeah. Her life and her ministry has brought hope and encouragement to millions of people around the world. Uh, Johnny is the CEO and founder of Johnny and Friends, an organization that accelerates Christian outreach in the disability community. She's married to her wonderful husband, Ken, who's here tonight. And uh, so we're thankful for him as well. So come on out. Let's welcome Johnny Erickson Tata. Oh, wow. Wow. How great you guys. Johnny, if, if you wouldn't mind, uh, you know, not everyone knows your story. It's hard to believe. Many do, of course. But there are some who are meeting you here for the first time. And uh, of course, your life changed in 1967. You were a young girl, and like any young girl, you loved to hike and ride horses and swim and, and dive. Yeah, dive. And, and so you were a very active young lady. And then an event happened that, of course, changed your life. And that brings you to today, where you've spent almost 50 years in a 50 wheelchair. 50 years. You know, I'd mentioned I'd like to dive, and I guess I was a little bit cocky sitting on the edge uh, of that raft in the water. And I took a, a, a very reckless dive into what ended up being extremely shallow water. I hit the sandbar, it snapped my head back, crunched my vertebrae, severed my spinal cord, and left me without use of my hands or my legs. Now, when they took me to the hospital, I was so depressed, so despairing. The one bright spot was going to occupational therapy. Because in occupational therapy, uh, they let me put a pen between my teeth, mm. 
And uh, I must confess, at first, I did not like having to put a pencil between my teeth. I kept spitting it out. And uh, my occupational therapist kept taking it off the floor and wiping it off with Lysol and sticking it back in my mouth. Wow. But when I finally got proficient in drawing, because I was an artist before my accident, my thought was, oh, God, this is now my life. This is it. And I tried to convey all the horror and the despair, the depression. My goodness, I would wrench my head back and forth on the hospital pillow every night, hoping to break my neck up at a higher level and thereby end my life. But um, sometimes when tragedy strikes, it's like God has come and he's upset the puzzle table and all the puzzles go flying. And we, logical, rational people that we are, go scrambling desperately, hoping to find all the puzzle pieces so we can quickly put them back together and make our life make sense. We want everything to fit. We want everything to be tidy and orderly. But wisdom, I learned, is not uh, being able to put all the puzzle pieces together. Wisdom is trusting God even when most of the puzzle pieces go missing. Wow. Ain't going to find those pieces until the other side of eternity. Yeah. But wisdom is trusting God even when life doesn't make sense. Yeah. That reminds me of a story that Corrie ten Boom told. You remember Corrie ten Boom. Oh, yes. She said to me the last time I saw her, she said, Oh, Johnny, one day we're going to dance together in heaven. Oh, Get that thick Dutch accent. Yes. Well, the reason I brought her up is it reminded me of a story she used to tell. Of course, she went through all of her suffering in the concentration camp, Ravensbrück, and with her sister and lost her sister and father and was released but uh, remember she would talk about that, that um, a stitching. On one side it would be, I think, a scripture perhaps. But on the other side it was all tattered threads with no rhyme or reason. But it's sort of a picture of from our side it looks like tattered threads or a puzzle scattered. But from God's side there's a logic to it. Because there's something that you believe in, that we all believe in or should believe in. It's called the sovereignty of God. Yes. We hear that phrase... What is the sovereignty of God and what does that mean to you in what you face every day? Well, at first when I heard about the sovereignty of God, that is that the God of the Bible is a God who, whose overarching decrees um, govern everything that happens. Yeah. At first I was frightened by that idea. Yeah. It was scary. Yeah. Because if that was the God who allowed this to happen, then how can he possibly be good? Yes. What is his idea of good? Right. But a Christian friend shared with me 10 little words when I was first injured that changed my life. Wow. God permits what he hates to accomplish that which he loves. And, and, and the way he explained it, Greg, was that he pointed to Jesus at the cross. Yeah. Look what God permitted. Yeah. The, the, the crucifixion of his own precious son he permitted what he hated to accomplish something mm. that he loved. What could he possibly love more than his mm. own son? What would he prize above his son's own crucifixion? No. Our salvation. That's it. And so, although the devil may have instigated yeah. the, the, the events that led up to the crucifixion, God aborted those devilish schemes to serve his own ends and accomplish his own purposes. I like the way Dorothy Sayers once said it. Mm. God reaches down into what otherwise looks like terrible evil and he hiya! He wrenches out of it positive good for us yeah. and glory for himself. And so the world's worst murder 
becomes the world's only salvation. Yeah. And my friend who shared those, those 10 little words with me, mm. God permits what he hates to accomplish that which he loves, mm. said, Johnny, the same is true in your life. Wow. God permitted what he hated, yeah. a spinal cord injury, to accomplish something that he loves more than the hardship you are going to have to go through for the rest of your life. And that is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Yes. And oh my goodness, Greg, I, I've given up trying to untangle the matted threads underneath that broidery that you spoke yeah. about. Because the whole point behind my quadriplegia is that I get to know Jesus in such a tender, warm, poignant, personal, powerful way. Mm. I mean, my goodness, every single morning when I wake up, literally, I wake up in the morning and my girlfriends are running water for coffee, they're gonna come into my bedroom, they're gonna have a cheery, happy hello, and there I am, almost 98% of the time, lying there with my eyes closed thinking, God, I hate quadriplegia. I am so tired of this. I have no strength for this day. I have no resources, no power, no energy. I cannot do quadriplegia today, but Jesus, you can. So you can, I can do all things through you. So would you please be the good quadriplegic today because I cannot do it. And it is the perfect example of dying to self so that God's power can live through me, which makes the smile that I have on my face when I wheel out of the front door in the morning, ain't made of Colgate. This is a real smile, hard fought for every single morning. And Greg, that's the Christian way to wake up. That's the, that's the best way to wake up. That's the biblical way to wake up. Right. Needing Jesus desperately. Amen. And I really need him. Yes, I really do. We all do. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. And today he's interviewing author and speaker Joni Erickson Tata about how God permits what he hates to accomplish something he loves. This is one of the most requested presentations of the past year. So from the worst injustice and travesty of all time, the murder and crucifixion of the very Son of God, came the greatest good of all time. So when we apply the sovereignty of God to our life, what it is saying is, you may be going through something now that makes no sense, but ultimately you're going to see God's plan and purpose. Maybe part of it, this side of heaven, but certainly all of it on the other side. But for now, it's not so much an issue of why, because you can ask that forever. And, and people in the Bible ask why. Even Jesus on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But I think there has to come a point where we ask what, as in, well, what do I do? And you've taken your very difficult pain and you've used it as a tool uh, for God's glory. You've used it as a weapon against the forces of darkness and you continue to do so. And, uh, and we thank you for that. Here's something you wrote. You're a very good writer, by the way. Am I? Yes, I have to tell you that. Thank you. You're just so articulate. But you wrote this, quote, I knew in a vague sort of way that answers for my questions about my paralysis were probably hidden somewhere between the pages of the Bible, but I had no idea where. So Romans 8:28. Is that a verse that has brought comfort to you? Is it a verse that initially was hard to deal with and later brought comfort? Or was it always a verse that was like, yeah, I get that? 
Well, Romans 8, 28. All things work together all things for good. All things work together to for good to them God. who love God and are called according yeah. to his purpose. And then the next verse in yes. Romans 8, 29 yes. says that all these things are fitting together into a pattern for good yeah. to conform you to the image That's of it. Jesus Christ. That's right. And so I see that, I don't know, I don't want to second guess God, Greg, but I do think that, that God has permitted this accident to make me more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. He prizes in my life patience, endurance, self-control, compassion, kindness. Mm-hmm. All of these things are far more important than walking. They are far more important than walking and having use of your hands. One of the qualities of Jesus is a hatred of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, when we say we want to be like Jesus, we normally think of all those qualities I just listed, yeah. but if we really want to get bare knuckles about it, yeah. the quality that is most like Jesus is his hatred of anxiety, fear, worship, prejudice, snobbery, yeah. I mean self-righteousness. These are the things that he hates. And so suffering is like the textbook that'll teach you about who you really are. Wow. And I often liken my disability to a lemon that God squeezes in the morning. And out comes the cranky crabbiness, the, 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 the sour disposition, the, the peevish attitude. And when I see that about myself, oh my goodness, I say, Jesus, I don't want to be that person. That was Johnny from yesterday. Please, I want to be a different Johnny today. Would you make me more like Jesus and help me get rid of this sin, this 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 ickiness in my life that is so offensive to you and unpleasant to other people. The second quality, I think, for me at least, a hatred of sin, and secondly, compassion. Mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of people with disabilities mm-hmm. who are as disabled as I am, and I'm pretty disabled. Can't do my own toileting routines, can't make my own dinner, can't cut my food, can't hold... a a bottle of Coke. But I talk to a lot of people like me who are disabled less than I am, some who are disabled more Mm -hmm. than I am, and they're depressed. Mm. It's totally humanly understandable why they would be depressed. Mm. Oh my goodness, I was depressed for years. It took three years for me to dig up out of that miry pit of despair. Mm. But what I will often tell people with disabilities is get up tomorrow morning and get dressed, wheel out the front door if you're able, and go find somebody in your community who's hurting worse than you are. Who's hurting worse than you are. Mm -hmm. And I I think that that is a sure remedy for depression, to to look for other people who are hurting more than you are and help them. That's the 2 Corinthians chapter 1 kind of, we've been comforted um, for the benefit of others. Mm And it's one reason why I started Johnny and Friends, a ministry that distributes wheelchairs around the world and Bibles, and and we hold retreats for special needs families, and uh, both here in America and in international uh, developing nations, and yada yada yada. But it's 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 I've been so blessed, yeah. man. I want to squeeze every ounce of ministry effort that I possibly can out of this quadriplegic body to pass on the blessing to others. Mm. I've been given so much. You've been given so much. We've been given so much. Find somebody else who's hurting worse than you are yeah. and make a difference for Christ in their lives. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
I, I, I read there's a 10-step cure to depression. Uh, step number one, find someone that is worse off than you and help them. Uh, step number two, repeat step number one nine more times. You know, so <laughs> I like that. It's the idea. No, it's, you know, but, but depression can be bigger than... I mean, yeah. that's a great piece of advice and something we all should do. But what would you say, like, if someone is depressed right now, they're like, they're in the pit and they don't know how to get out of the pit. Okay, you've given us a great piece of advice. Find someone that is, you know, hurting more than you. What, how did you, or how, not how did you, how, how did you, I? how do you continue to climb out and be the better Johnny, if you will, and face each day? Well, um, I've got two friends here, Jen and uh, Rainey, sitting over there. They were the ones who got me up this morning and got me yeah. dressed and did my toileting routines and put on the lipstick. They do good lipstick and hair. <laughs> yes, they do. You look they, great. They really do. Yes. Yeah, they really do. But they will tell you, they will tell you that because of my daily battle with chronic pain, which incidentally makes my quadriplegia look like a walk in the park, mm. they will tell you that there are times when I'm so depressed when I come to work. And I quick rush by the receptionist's desk and I wheel upstairs fast and I close the office door and I, I grab them and I say, girls, please pray for me. I need help. I need your prayers, don't I, girls? I need prayer. And I think if anyone is depressed, and I, I will counsel people with disabilities in the same way, try ever so hard not to be depressed alone. Because God never intended for us to suffer in isolation. It's why he created spiritual community. It's why he created Harvest Christian Fellowship. Find somebody who will pray for you. Because we wrestle not against spinal cord injury or chronic pain or stroke or autism or Alzheimer's or bankruptcy or an unexpected divorce. We, We wrestle not against the flesh and blood of these things. We wrestle against powers and principalities who would love nothing more than to keep us steeped in depression. They would love to convince you that you're never going to get rid of that cloud of despair over your head. Well, you know what? That's a lie. That's a lie. So find people who will pray for you. Earnest prayer warriors who will buckle down, hit their knees, press their hands together, and plead to heaven on your behalf. And I think that's what people who are struggling with depression need to do, or at least their loved ones need to do that for them. Contact some good Christian friends who will earnestly, specifically, committedly pray for that individual. You're listening to A New Beginning, and Pastor Greg Laurie today has been interviewing author Joni Erickson Tata. And there's more inspiration to come next time as this discussion continues. I do hope you can join us at the same time tomorrow for one of our top 10 most requested messages of the past year. Now, for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Don't Waste Your Pain. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-50-11. Station sponsor.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.